Hello and welcome and happy Monday. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper, and I'm your host, David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, that show where no one's listening, that show where no one cares, the only show where every episode's the last episode. So let's jump right in. Today, the triumphant return of Tony Five after spending a weekend with my parents. I'm really excited about Tony being here. He hasn't been here for a while. We're going to find out why. And here's where things get serious, dark, compelling, but a little bit ugly. Tony mentions severe depression and suicide attempts in this interview. So if you're a little too sensitive for that or you have kids around, maybe this episode isn't for you. It's definitely worth listening to, but it's going to be a tough one. So without ado any further, I'm excited to announce Tony Five's back, baby. There he is. <laughs> Look at David Cooper, my little sex god. How are you, sir? I am good. All the better for seeing you. Look, I've got a little lollipop. It's orange. Sounds like you. Weirdly, right? I didn't realize I sound like this when I eat a lolly because obviously I've got a mic on and a headset, right? Yeah. Now, I always sounded, I always thought I sounded quite normal, right? But listen to this. <sighs> weird very sexual it's fucking seductive isn't it so does that mean every time i've eaten a lolly in my 45 years of life i've sounded like that yeah i think every time you've eaten a lolly you get a woman pregnant fuck me i think this is the way black people eat lollies david that's racist i'm pretty sure get a lolly have you got one in your flat no i don't even know what a lolly is what is this british slang an ice pole, ice pop, ice lolly. What do you call a lolly? Popsicle, in popsicle. Okay, a popsicle then. Do you not call yeah. them popsicles in the UK? No, because we're not idiots here. This is ice lolly. Ice, icicle, pop, popsicle. Why pop? Why pop? Well, that's a good question. But you, ca- you, you call it a lolly. Yeah. Which is like a lollipop. Yeah. It's lovely. Do you want to get into what you've been doing the last few weeks? What do you want to chat about today? I don't know. Have you played play my fucking intro? <sighs> I think that's going to be my catchphrase. <laughs> play my fucking intro. Brilliant, David. Thank you very much. So it's nice to see you. You weren't doing so great for a few weeks, uh, months, years, who knows. Uh, it's about a month. I was very patient with you. You shouldn't have felt guilty about me. You you were, in all fairness, absolutely patient with me and um, fantastic. And for those who, who don't know, uh, David is actually part of my, I would say, and actually, honestly, part of a... Um, like a care group for me or a support i don't know what would you call it over there support group a support network support network i guess yeah sure yeah is it a 
formal thing or well it's it's formal and it is in is as much as um you're listed in people if you know with my local doctor my gp is even if with your international number in that if i haven't heard if you you know if people haven't heard from me or whatever they'd reach out to you by email or phone and and ask you whether you've spoken to me or whatever yeah um so yeah without dropping it i mean last couple of shows have they been good have they been funny yeah, I mean, it's been, I've been plugging along. I've, I've been... Okay, let's fuck this all up now then. Good, good. Let's fuck this all up now by being miserable. I've been missing you, but I've been plugging along without you just fine. I've been, I've been excited for you to come back, but I don't know how much you want to talk about the specifics, but you had some trouble with your family and that kind of set you off. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I uh, so um, I will say long story short, but I'm going to make a short story long, David, because fuck it, you know this is how you get listeners, right? Um, I uh, when I, so I'm based in London, obviously, as you all know, and probably can hear from my Jamaican voice. I went over to LA to see an aunt who was um, very very sick. Um, she she's had and David's met her. She's recovered from cancer. She's recovered from open heart surgery and shingles, and she's struggled, which we found out very recently, um, has been a victim of domestic abuse since she got married. Wow. So that is we are looking at nearly fifty years. Wow. Where my uncle has beaten her. He's had an affair with a woman in another country. The affair with the woman in the other country, David, is his dead brother's wife. What a piece of shit this guy is. Right, because his brother was in the, um, uh, I think, some sort of air force overseas. Brother um, was killed in action. They never recovered the body. So he used to go over, and I think they're either based in East Africa or India. But basically, he goes off and back, you know, where he was born and started this illicit affair. And my, my, uh, so to give you the context, my family come from Mauritius. When they all left Mauritius, they a lot of them became nurses. So my mum came to England, and then afterwards people followed us. So my aunt came from Mauritius as a very young, very beautiful, I think 19-year-old, and met my uncle, who was a doctor there out in uh, in Scotland. And in then years, it was really, it was like a really big status symbol to be married to a doctor. You know, it's a doctor. Oh, my God, he's a doctor, okay? I mean, it still is, but, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I, but but then again, at that period, probably there wasn't as many female doctors. Sure. Right, in the 60s. So, you know, as you say, it, there is still a, an element of prestige or whatever it is. You know? But that back then, it was really perceived like you married up kind of thing. You've married That's You read my mind, David. Yeah, you've married up. You've married into this thing. He played upon it because she was only a lowly nurse. Um... Even apparently on the day they got married, it, my father and my uncle had to force him to go to the wedding because he didn't want to go. But my aunt was beside with him. Um, and then they moved to the States. They moved to L.A., a suburb of L.A., and then they had two children. And that was it. You know, that's that's her life. But apparently over the course of however many years, we're, we're looking at decades. So four decades to five. I'm 45. So it happened way before. I was, it might even be six He's beaten her, he's put her down, he's all of these horrible things that, you know, came out of the woodwork that we knew. So he's got two, they've got two children who are my cousins. How do you, how do you come to find out this awful, awful information? Because apparently in the background, my, I have another, so my mum's family are quite big. There's eight of them in general from Mauritius. So there's seven sisters, one brother, uh, the brother and sister, my mum and my uncle, are based in London. I've got one in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, which is wherever that is in America. And then the other one in LA. 
and then they've got one in Australia, and I think we've got uh, the remainder are in Mauritius. Okay. Wow, you've got a few in Mauritius and a few scattered amongst like the further far reaches of the West, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, and I'm, I'm guessing you, your family probably the same, right? You've got people all over the world, no? Uh, yeah, Brazil. Um... Did you have somebody in Europe somewhere? You've got cousins in Europe, family in Europe, no? No, not really. Uh, just a little bit in the United States, all over Canada, and then Brazil, of all places. Oh, okay. States, Canada. Okay, fair enough. I, th- I thought, for some reason, I thought there were more spread. Nobody in Australia for you? Because there's a lot of, um, there was a big sort of influx to Australia from multiple nations in, you know. I think Jews are scared of spiders too much. No, I don't have anyone in Australia. All right. So how do you come to find out this really awful information? So my aunt, who was the, let's call it my aunt that passed away, was very close to my other sister, who's my other aunt, who's in the Midwest, who, again, has married well. She's um, going, well, she's married, she's been married to a cardiologist who's, um, from what I read about him, he's one of the top five uh, percent of cardiologists in the world, like in terms of his research and knowledge, he he lectures. He's done very well for himself, okay? (laughs) My uncle, who's the one who, who was with my aunt who passed away. This is actually very cathartic, David. I've not told the whole story. So it's very interesting that we're doing this and I'm being so open to you. So your piece of shit uncle widower. Yeah, was a doctor, is a doctor in LA, in a trauma unit or the ER. Yet there was an image sent of my aunt around the family. Dude, she looked emaciated. So this is a first world country. My aunt was, you know, a jovial, you know, normal sized woman. She had like almost like a skin hanging off. Wow. And this is coming from the domestic abuse. It's coming from that malnutrition. The fact that she's gone into severe, severe depression and has not been looked after. And he's a doctor. He said, no, she'll be okay. She's just miserable. Yeah. Exactly, right? Say, I was I, sorry, I, for those who didn't hear it, I made a face. I made a I made a what the fuck face. Like how right. can that yeah. So now this is where it gets sort of um complicated. So then they've got two children, a boy and a girl. A girl has married again, I say this all married well, married like a Silicon Valley super duper million. You know, he's got all the money, they've got lovely houses and cars. Money's no object for them. The other one lives, and I think you coined a phrase that my family have now taken up, shithole America, uh, Bakersfield. Oh, the shithole of America, yeah. What do you call it? The asshole of America? <laughs> the asshole armpit. I don't know. It's, armpit, the, it's just a dump. I usually just say it's a dump. I've never been. I've always wanted to go, though, because oh, it's horrific. there's an amazing country music, like, historical scene there, but I'm totally derailing. So you have one cousin, sorry, the this uncle, this kind of abusive uncle, your, your late aunt, they're in LA, they're two children. One is in Silicon Valley area, one is in Bakersfield. Correct. Now, one of them's moved back, so the, the daughter has moved back to LA for the kids to go school and blah 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 they're in private schools and the uh, the other cousins in bakersfield shithole america arsehole america right and for whatever reason um uh, apparently we found this out my aunt had obviously told a social worker or a psychiatrist about the abuse now knowing that this could be acted i don't don't know what it's like in the um in the states or in canada but in the uk um therapists and stuff have what they call a duty of care yeah once you disclose certain types of things to them they have to act correct so i think that so this got raised now what the family did is they bought a place in bakersfield saying now bearing in mind my aunt is living where you came to visit me in la 
that's her family home. She's not going to, she didn't want to go in it. Little, su- I don't know what you, just like a nice suburb kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, all of LA is suburbs, but it's nice. It's nice. It's yeah. just a generic suburb. It's safe. It's nice. She's got a three bed house. I wouldn't say anything fancy, but it's fine. Okay. Um, and so they bought her a house despite her. I don't want to move. I don't want to go. It's a two hour trip through the mountains from LA to Bakersfield, right? So it's not a pleasant journey. Two hours a normal time. Um, when I drove last three weeks ago, it was four hours with LA traffic and stuff. It was a long drive. Anyway, where was I? So yeah, basically they bought her a property and they then reassured the council or whatever that she, oh no, she's away from my dad. She's away from my, un- well, my uncle. She's living in Bakersfield. She never stayed a night there, David. So that he just bought a random property to as a partial investment, partly to lie and say his wife's there to get her partly out of the... To, partly investment, partly to lie, and the, the, the son and the daughter supported it. So to basically just get her out of the L.A. jurisdiction so they could just tell the authorities, like, oh, she's fine, she's in Bakersfield? Correct. She's not there anymore. She lives away from my father That's or fucked. my uncle. But she didn't. She never stayed a night there. She was still there cooking. Now, bearing in mind, when you probably saw my aunt, the reason that we'd come that time was to care for my aunt. So she was sick. Yeah. Right, when I saw you. And we're talking, what, four years ago, maybe? Before COVID. Yeah, before COVID. Okay, so she was very sick, very ill, but... And he's still ordering her to make him food. He's still ordering her to do this, to do that, and whatever. She's a very poorly woman, a very sickly woman. Anyway, um, the abuse, I'd heard him be uh derogative to her i'd heard him be quite abusive to her he never did it in front of me because if you know me i'm a very straight character i don't like things like that and i would respectfully because he's still my uncle say no don't do that if you want to i don't know cook something cook it for yourself you're a grown man you're a doctor for christ's sake she doesn't need to do that especially because she can't even stand because of the pain from her shingles yeah i mean it's very common for abusers when other people are around to just kind of keep it keep it you know cordial and then when the doors are closed just to go back to the abusive behavior correct so um and in this time she she's very close to my mum and my my other aunt who's in ohio and she'd wrote letters saying this is what's happened so that's so it was like an like what we would call like an open secret everybody knew nobody saw so your mom knew but you did not know my mom didn't know properly because obviously mum's in the uk right yeah but she knows that this guy's basically a cunt but not the extent of his cuntishness. Got it. My aunt in America knew it 100%. And there's been bad, bad blood, I guess, between them because her husband's the cardiologist who's successful and doing well and he's very, you know, modest. He is like an ER doctor. Um, he's moved hospitals because apparently one, he killed someone in and he's moved around. Okay. Oh, like he, he, someone died on his, on his, and then the lawsuit and he left and all that stuff. Yeah. Someone died on his watch because of malpractice. Correct. So he had to move again. Um, and he's been declared bankrupt three times or four times, which is quite rare, you know, for a doctor who hasn't got a drug drink problem or what. Anyway, regardless, he's not a very nice guy. Okay. The weird thing is, if you met him, the first opportunity you met him, you'd love him. He's so personable. He's so funny. He's He'd make you feel wonderful because that's the nature of his ability. You know, he's so, you wouldn't even think it. You'd think he was the loveliest guy. This is common even amongst those that abusers abuse where they treat them awfully, they hit them, they verbally abuse them, and then they, they're very sweet to them. It's called love bombing, and there's a term love for bombing. it. It's basically okay. you're just so – and then and then the abuse will say, oh, he loves me, he loves me because look how great he treats me, and then the next day back to the abusive behavior. I'm not saying that's what you're – And that's what happened. So jewelry and holidays and that, and then treats her like shit behind closed doors. Yeah. 
And then when somebody says, when she kind of, I think in her mind, she was to be like, for example, if she said to you, oh, David, I'm being abusive, she would fear that you say, but you've got a lovely house, but you've got a lovely car, you've got a Tesla, and you've got, you've been on holiday, and you've got two lovely kids and four lovely grandchildren. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but the, the real thing that you're saying is I'm unhappy, but she's saying, but you look at all this nice stuff you have. Yeah. Exactly. So it kind of got... Um, to that stage anyway so she was okay we had a great time i saw you in america i took her out for shopping i got her out of the house i was very gentle with her having someone who's gone through depression um and i can attain i can attest that to you as well um the biggest thing that people say to people is oh my it's okay you can just go out for a bit whereas with you you've never put any pressure on me you've said and i did go through a bad patch a few weeks ago and it was like you want to call? Call. If you don't want to do the show, do the show. If you don't, don't. That's fine. Doesn't make any difference. I'm not putting pressure on you either way, which is like the best way. It, you're not, it's very difficult because your mind and your, your perception of things can be so warped. Um, if you'd have said to me, okay, well, don't worry about the show for a few weeks, I could have taken it as, well, he doesn't want me ever on the show, and Jesus Christ, I've let him down. And blah, blah. Whereas you were very gentle, you were like, okay, if you want to do the show, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Just look after yourself. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself, which is the hardest thing to do when you're in such a, um, a low point. Yeah, I was saying be kind to yourself. And and I, I also know it's very easy for people to say, it's very easy to even say to yourself, if I just go out with my friends, I'll feel better. If I just... Well, it's just that if I just, that's where you stop. Yeah. Or if I just work on the radio show, I'll feel better. But it's like yeah. the, the psychology of not wanting to, it's like you'll make up anything you can in your brain to not do those things. And that's a part of the depression. And there's no fighting that time is the best way to deal with that. And unfortunately, when, when you get to the point where you realize time is the only thing that's going to, it's so frustrating. I mean, people that are listening or people that have gone through it or you yourself, I was doing things like something would fall out of my pocket. I don't know what, let's say keys or a wallet. And I really had no energy, enthusiasm, motivation to pick it up. I couldn't, I can't describe it. I had no energy to get out of bed, to eat, to go to the toilet, nothing. Um, it was like I was a shell of a person. It was absolutely horrific. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything, but I, I digress. I, I, I'll tell you what led to that. No, I, I was worried about you because three or four years ago, you went through a very long period of this and, and you were always saying, I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know why I can't get out of it. And my worry for you is that every time you go through a small spell of depression or a month long or a two week spell, not a year long or six month long, that you'll say, oh, it's happening again. But I, I can see that maybe you weren't saying that to yourself or, or you were able to see, okay, this is temporary. I'm going to take it day by day. I feel like shit. I can't take up the energy to get out of bed, but tomorrow's another day. Like that's very important to say to yourself so you don't fall into the trap of oh i'm depressed today so i'm gonna be depressed tomorrow well this particular period was i would say two weeks so i came back from the states uh, about four weeks ago i had a week okay a week i started to sink and i had two bad weeks bear in mind the last time i was sick like this it span eight months yeah i remember where i couldn't function this was two weeks but it was the lowest i've been so it was two weeks of suicidal um so if people are listening and it's a trigger then obviously i'm sorry to say that but um yeah it was it was very 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 low um in terms of 
you know, uh, I think they call it anhedonia, where you lose the um, the thirst for life to do anything. But it got even. I mean, even now thinking about it, I'm sweating because it's really quite freaky. No, it's it's okay. I get sometimes, not often, not in a while, what's called suicidal ideation. I don't make any moves to... Correct plans. Ideation, yeah, I agree. But I start fantasizing about it, you know, what it would feel like to... For me, the the real fucked up one was when I was living in San Francisco, I wanted to jump um, off off one of the bridges. Um, and the idea of the cold water was just... I know in reality, it's, it's drowning in cold water is a panic. It's one of the worst ways to go. But in my fantasy, it was just like the cold water, just like a... It was like a cold, soft, in some sense, warm. I know it doesn't make any sense. Comforting type thing. Hug. Yeah, it's like, oh, finally, right. as I'm drowning, as I'm sinking into the water, I can finally relax. I never got even out of bed. You know, I never rented a car. I never took. Yeah. And so I guess my question for you is that, is that where you were? No. So I was worse than that. Wow. So ideation is, yeah, there are steps. So there are kind of like the, they call them fleeting thoughts. Then you've got ideation, then you've got action. And I was at action. So um, I was not considering it and I hadn't had any wild um, I'm going to overdose on pills, but the idea was that I was going to go out late and I was just going to step in front of a truck really easily. You know, this was like last week. Um, Jesus. So, you know, I, uh, I at my rock bottom, I which was probably what they, today's Sunday, I started getting better on last week. So I would say it was maybe less than seven days ago. So you're not out of the, the woods yet. No, but- well, it's weird because I'm, my depression is atypical um, and it's not a ramp effect in or a ramp effect down. It does actually exhibit itself overnight. And um, so it doesn't, it, it's not got any clinical name like a bipolar or a this or a that. My um, psychiatrist, when they get, so I'm on like regular antidepressant meds, but one other med they've given me is actually a, um, antipsychotic? Or? No, no, it's a uh, epileptic med, an anti-epileptic med, which actually has um, a a co um, solution. I don't know what you call it. A, it's an uh, off-label use for de- for depression. Oh, is that what they call it? Off-label. So it's yeah, not it, for a particular use, but they'll yeah. they'll do a study. They'll find out it's good for this use, but they won't bother to get it approved for that use because it's like too difficult. But doctors, because they've read the studies and they know the drug is safe for the e- epilepsy, they're allowed to prescribe it to you. Yeah. Um, and it, rather than go through the whole uh, process of getting this drug reapproved, approved. Uh, right. or maybe the study shows it's sometimes good for it, but they, they don't think they can go to market with it and make any money. So what's the point of getting it approved? The study says it's good for depression, but they're not going to actually get it approved for that because gotcha. they, they already have it approved for epilepsy and they know it's safe. And so they and get, so it's, people can take it. Yeah. yeah. So they take, I'll get you in your office. Off so, label. Yeah. That's so the, this is like a, 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 it's mainly used 99% of the time for people who have got epilepsy, some form of epilepsy. I don't, I've never had any fits or seizures or anything like that, but growing up, uh, people who don't know me, I did a lot of martial arts, a lot of fighting, a lot of training. And there, there was a thought that it might've been some sort of TBI traumatic brain injury. Yeah. that I might have had. And this is why, because there's no history of depression in my family. There's, um, up until I was 30, I was absolutely fine. You know, I've gone through the counselling and this and that. I've gone through the, the 
ins and outs like most people who have ever taken any medication you try one it doesn't work you try two it doesn't work you try five it doesn't work and then maybe you go back to the first one and that one worked and until you find your magic dose you know your three little bears porridge you don't know which is the right medication for you and you go up and down and up and down until you find it anyway um We've digressed from the story, but no, it's okay. yeah, I, I, I want to go back to the story. You talked about that late night walk, jumping in front of a. Did you did you go on the walk? So you're just sort of like. So it's two thirty in the morning. I've got my. It's a quiet night, and I know there's a route near my house that a lot of freight vehicles. So these huge whatever tunnels. 50 tonners or whatever you call them that are delivering to shops overnight so there's they're heavy roads and it's a dark road people don't see you it's um i know where to enter it i know where to go and i um i'd been in bed all day i i hadn't eaten so i thought okay let me go downstairs and make food and i had slippers on or, i don't know what you call them house shoes i guess you call them <laughs> crocs fucking hell croc i blame the fucking crocs bruv so i put the crocs on um so obviously there's a there's one of the warning signs i had no sense of fashion <laughs> so you know that fucked me up um and i i went out for next a time you go out and you look down at your feet and you're wearing crocs you have Croc, to, you have that to should just say, be the side post I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in my right mind i should I'm go not, back this I should is go back. not right tone. this is not if right you, if you're in such a bad place that you're it's the courage isn't the right word but you've worked yourself up such that you can go there or, or mm -hmm. even fantasize about going there or, or, or get, get in a way where you can take that walk. What do you have to lose by dialing the police, dialing me, because, dialing a friend? Because dialing it, it, now, if you ask me today, of course, I wouldn't, I'd call you before I'd, I'd call anybody, call me mom, call me friends, call anybody before I go out. The only way I can stay is, is uh, it's so difficult to say it wasn't me. It's a different person. It's me. You look at me in the no, mirror. I get it. I get it, it. So how how do I explain that? And how do I not justify it? You've asked me a question and I want to give you an answer, but I can't because it's not logical. But then logic doesn't apply when you're like well, that. Clearly some, some sort of little bit Correct. of logic comes in because you went back home. You didn't. I didn't. What do you mean you didn't? So I um, put my shoes on, or put these Crocs on, and it's, you know, pitch black at night. So where I live, they it's a kind of, I'm in a small village, so they turn off the streetlights after midnight to save on light pollution and, for, you know, to keep it whatever, right? So um, I'm of the darker persuasion, as you know, I'm wearing a black shirt and these black Crocs, and I'm, I'm walking, I walk down the road, and I keep walking, it's very quiet, and then the main road is probably about maybe half a mile, two miles um and a couple of cars go past and i'm didn't say anything i keep going yeah I'm, I'm i'm not walking particularly fast i'm not walking without any particular intention i'm just kind of just walking aimlessly and i'm are i'm crying are you no no just... i'm i'm numb i guess i'm yeah. numb to i'm not sleepwalking my intention was <laughs> my intention was to to go in front of a truck but not of a um of a brand i didn't like <laughs> like if i'd have seen an amazon truck i purposely wouldn't have done it i was like fuck amazon i'm not going to give them that satisfaction but if it was like i don't know a, uh, a whole foods i i don't know you know like a, a tesco basically a, a walmart truck i'd be like okay that's fair enough that'll do but um so as i'm walking um there were some roadworks uh, up the road and then because they do a lot of road works at night right because obviously it's quieter yeah. and stuff they can shut roads and a um it was a police car 
there and um just because they shut the road and they 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 weren't looking at like aggressively at me they're thinking like me it's like 2 45 a.m there's this random guy walking around and he's got a hoodie on he's got crocs on i think the crocs probably you know put me on a watch list and uh, the guy was nice he goes hey hey you okay and i said no and he sort of went okay he goes, heavy night. And I said, no, I don't drink. I don't do any drugs. I said, I'm just not well. And I don't feel very well. And he goes, can, what do you mean? And, and he went, I said, I, I, I'm just, and I kind of stumbled my words and I kind of went, um, I'm just not well. And I sort of slurred, I, I think. And he said, all right, come and, come and sit down. Let's, let's have a chat. And, um, we talked and I told him the story of, of, of LA and I had just come back and I was probably a bit jet lagged. Um, and then he asked me, have I had any history of anything? I said, well, not of, of anything bad, but I have had like depression. I've had severe bouts of it that have knocked me for six. And, um, we talked about what I do for a living. He goes, oh, that's quite interesting. And, um, I work in the security and law enforcement field and, he mentions I say he was he you could tell he was trying to get me talking right just yeah, having a that's, conversation that's, which well, that's is brilliant. Like the first thing they train folks yeah. who are on rather of, than focus on the problem and he goes oh that's interesting what do you do where have you been have you been you know da, da, da. um have you been to america before yeah i've been loads oh, i've never you know and he's like never been so he's trying what's it like is it hot you know the these things these very small micro conversations to kind of get my mind maybe kicked me into gear and he goes where do you live i said i live up there and he goes that's that's a long way you've walked and i went yeah he goes why have you what did you come out for some fresh air and i went i don't know and i think when i said that he kind of went okay he said well look we're going to the hospital um because we do a pickup there in the evenings we make sure that the, he goes why don't you come with us and you know just make sure everything's okay we'll we'll let one of the a and e so a and e in english is called accident emergency which is your er Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we drop you off there? Let's see if somebody ER in the A and E can have a chat with you and um you know, if it's all good, then that's fine. Wasn't aggressive, wasn't forcing me. I I presume if I'd have said no, I don't know, he would have just gone okay. But at that stage I was so pliable, I was so probably vulnerable mm-hmm. that I just said, um, Okay. And I wasn't driving, so he hadn't pulled me or anything. He, he didn't ask to breathalyze me or you could see I was sober, you know, cause I was, you know, and I didn't, I didn't have any red eyes or anything. I weren't crying. Do you I think wasn't he knew you were in mental health crisis. Violent. Um, he, uh, he must have. I mean, why else would they uh, yes take you to no. the hospital? I guess so. You know, um, the weird thing is, as I'm talking to you now, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his face. I can't remember anything. And my mind's playing on to me then. Did it happen? It obviously did happen because I remember going to the hospital. But anyway, he took me to local hospital. It was, I wouldn't say it was particularly busy. It was a quiet night. It's not like a Friday drunk tank type scenario. And I sat, sat down and then a really nice nurse came out and said, oh, this chap said, is everything all right? And I went, um, I'm all right, but. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm, I don't feel myself. I'm not. And she said, you know, why, you know, the, the officer said that you're out. It was like 3am and where were you going? What? There's, there's nothing there. Like, um, what were you doing? Were you just trying to get some fresh air? And I said, I don't know. 
she said, okay, you want any medication? And I said, yeah, here's my meds and it's my doctor. And she goes, have you had any problems in the past? I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I don't have any like psychosis or I've never had anything like that. And I think the slow realization of where I was and what it had come to kind of scared me a little bit. So you're coming back to with a little bit of this Kind point, of coming yeah. back to, right? And, and bear in mind, I'm one of these people, I constantly have my phone on me and I didn't have my phone. And that was more terrifying than anything, right? And I was like, shit. Um, and she said, can we call anybody? And I was like, um, no. And she goes, why not? And I said, well, I don't have my phone. And the only number, a couple of numbers I know off the top of my head is my mum. And my mum's 81 and I don't want you to call her at four o'clock in the morning, which it was by now, and tell her that I'm in hospital because, you, you know, I, I can't do that. Um, so she said, well, she goes... And I remember how she goes, I'm not really comfortable in you just letting you go back now. Um, would you, like she said, I'm on shift for another few hours. She goes, there's a machine there. You can um, grab some drinks. And, you know, if you want a sandwich or something, we can give you some toast or whatever. Um, why don't you just chill out here and, you know, just, just sit down. There's a, you know, like a, a waiting room um, TV. Just, you know, just take your time, relax. Because if you want to sleep, you can put your head down. Um, and I wasn't, I was wide, I couldn't sleep. So I just I just sat there and I think for the next hour I watched people come and go, you know, be, with injuries and kids screaming and, you know, where they've had like bad nights. I think it was about 5, 5.30 in the morning. I um, She was saying, oh, I'm going off shift now, how are you feeling? And I said, actually, I, I, I feel a lot better. Um, I'm like awake and whatever and she said okay she goes can can we get someone can we call now someone to give you a lift home and I said um I said actually I just realized I've got my Apple watch on me which has got Apple Pay and I said and I don't live too far from the station I said could like um I'll just walk to the local station she goes are you sure and I went yeah she said well there are two options she said I can sort of take this further and you know make sure but if you if you give me your word that you're going to be okay. And I said, I said, you know, I, I feel a lot better. And I, I genuinely did. I wasn't just saying that to get off it. I genuinely did feel better. And I did. I walked to the station and I used my Apple pay to get like a one way ticket back to where I live in Letchworth. And then I walked home and then I went to bed and then, um, as, as strange and as sudden and as stupid as it may sound when I went to bed, which was probably about, eight or nine o'clock now I woke up at one o'clock and I was 100% fine back to my normal ridiculous racist ignorant self be kind to yourself because you it this just happened and you need some time to recover but it, it's such a simple story you go for a walk late at night forgetting your <laughs> phone underdressed you talk to a few people yeah. they, they kind of care for you as best they can as best that yeah. they can given their job in the system and they're busy and they've got other things going and and, and, and you're and, right but it's such what's a going story. on in your head through that simple story is it's chaos is, is utter chaos is not simple at all thank you but, for yeah. sharing all that i mean it's a simple story but then life isn't a movie right like you no. get used to it like life isn't you know even though we're we're you know we're talking about this and maybe there are other people listening life is just a bit crap and it's not a movie it's great sometimes and it's not great sometimes i know you've gone through it and i felt you know never like same. that and I, and my heart breaks having heard you tell all this i mean i can really? relate to being in a in a rough place but i i never like so metaphorically speaking left my home 
Oh, okay. You know what I'm so, saying? But the ideation was never that. I mean, I've gone through periods of the ideation, the everything will be better without me. This will end if I end it. This will. Um, and, you know, someone once told me, you know, a really interesting thing was that, you know, that suicide or ending your life is a, um, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, sure. I think people always they've got all these metaphors and memes for these things and you know at that time you realized yeah that's right you know they call it the black dog and the, the black cloud above your head for me it is like someone's just put these glasses on me and i can't see and and i i i will be adamant that what you're telling me is wrong so i'm now sat on a macbook and i would say that's not a macbook david that's you know whatever that, that's a windows computer and you go no but tony it's a macbook no it's not and I believe it. So what do you do with somebody? Is that psychosis? What do you I do? I think the cop had it right. Just kind of distract you with the, the various yeah. things in your life that aren't terrible. Correct. And just to get you talking. And, and all of a sudden you, you find yourself not fixated on those things you were fixated Correct. on moments ago. But 90% of people won't do what you or that cop did. 90% of people will say, what's the matter? Why are you feeling like this? Why don't you? Why don't you just... I don't know. I don't know about the percentages there, but I, well, I do I think feel people do for that. Me, I, in, okay, I in do my think life, people do that. I do think people do that. In my life, um, because of the nature of the job I do, because of the personality I have, because of the people I'm with, they cannot fathom it. Yeah. Like, it's night and day. They can't understand. Um, people that know me, even you that know me, know what I'm like when I'm, like, regular. It's almost like a bipolar, like a mania, which I... I gone through it and i haven't got that but maybe i do have a mild form of it i don't know maybe maybe my normal self is absolutely manic and maybe my depressed self is is completely depressive but i'm not being treated for that and that's not a diagnosis i've got um and and as an engineer i uh, one of the reasons why i find this or mental health um and and having these conditions so difficult is because as an engineer i I'm not musical at all. I'm not artistic at all. And, and I really am envious of people that can see that have that creative side. For me, I need to know why. And not one person in the world can tell me why. Brains and emotions and feelings Correct. and thoughts don't work yeah. on, in such simple terms. I know Correct. in the moment you're thinking, why is this happening? Why? But it, what it's, has it's, happened? It's, it's, the premise of that question is is maybe what's... Correct. The, so know. everybody will... People will say, did that thing in America, what happened? Well, yeah, you, you didn't finish the story. We so we, we found story. out that the uncle, very abusive. I know your aunt passed. How did she pass? Okay, so so this is how it happened. So all so this backstory we've known, right? We have now, she, a picture has gone round to the family of my aunt looking emaciated. Yeah. Okay, my mum was a nurse. My mum said, this is, you need to get her to a hospital. She needs to have intravenous feed. She needs to be looked after. If she's refusing food, she needs to have psychiatric help. Simple. Yeah. Oh, no, let's see if she'll eat tomorrow. Oh, okay, we won't do it tonight. Let's see if she'll eat tomorrow. That happened for weeks, if not months. Okay? Then it got to the stage where um, it got so bad that my like, I had spoken to the cousin and said, and I was quite aggressive and, and loud, which is what I usually am when I need to get my point across. This is ridiculous. Get her to a fucking hospital. Okay. Knowing that in England, you can get to a hospital, whatever people criticize about, we have an NHS, it's free to go in. In America, apparently it's slightly different. You need to pay for things there and it can be very costly if you haven't got insurance. Insurance doesn't cover you for a hundred percent of what you're in there for. I didn't realize that. I thought insurance was insurance, was insurance that no, it covers you for a, everything. No, it's a mess, man. It's okay. A mess, so man. I didn't know that. 
Um, bear in mind she was so sick, they said, oh, we've taken her somewhere. We then found out they'd taken her to something called an urgent care clinic. Okay, these are just like sort of like medical clinics. These aren't hospitals, go. yeah. Which, when I Googled it, said these are the sort of places where you get vaccinations and where mothers go and yeah, get nappies or if and you, shit. It's like a minor, that. you know, you minor break, you injuries. Break, you could, they could set a broken bone, you know, they could, they Correct. could, but if they're you, not going to treat somebody. Or, yeah, or like a laceration. Let's say you, you need a couple yeah. stitches, but if you're in a car accident or you need operation or life or death, you don't go to an urgent care clinic. Correct. And this was a completely inappropriate place for her. Okay. Yeah. And she had one, I think, one IV bag of fluids. She needed multiple bags. I mean, we're talking inpatient stay, long-term stay. So she went back. The next call we got was that she was admitted to a um, hospital because she couldn't breathe because her lungs were collapsing and so on. At that stage, we, my mum said, okay, we should she told me i'd like to go i said okay i'll take some time off work i'll take you mum's 81 she can't travel on her own she wouldn't be able to get through the airport all the app stuff she wouldn't be able to get from la to bakersfield so in the course of three days i'd book flights i'd taken time off work i'd book flights to take my mum. i'd we have to get an esther visa now so you have to apply for that um i've got i can travel easily but mum can't so we literally just went I'd finished work. So this was the story. I'd finished work at nine. So I was on call. I finished work at, at 1 a.m. I drove to my mum's in London, got there at 3 a.m. I drove from mum's to London airport, which was 5 a.m. Our flight was at 9 a.m. We flew for 12 hours, arrived in Bakersfield. I drove the four hours from LAX airport to Bakersfield. We're now at about 11 p.m in the hospital outside the hospital she's in uh, icu we get to the desk and said okay this is my mom this is me we go and there was something not quite right we couldn't work out what was going on um and the reception or the security guard said i'm really sorry but you're on a list that says that you're not allowed to enter the ward so the abusive husband basically blocked you from visiting correct so now we're now 11 o'clock at night. My 81-year-old mum is out in 40-degree Bakersfield heat. Can't see her sister, even though we're, what, 10 metres away from her? We're at the reception. And you've flown across the country. And I've flown so across, across the world. Across the world. Yeah, to get that. Not including the time, but the cost, David, because we had to get it in a week. Yeah. Yep. Now, my mum is sitting there. She's kind of in like a sort of, what do you mean? She said, well... The ho- we will let you see her because, you know, you've got her own bed. You're not going to disturb anybody. But the son, so the son has said specifically named, not just anybody, not like no one can visit and no, not no visitors. These four people can't visit. So it was my uncle and aunt who were in America, me and my mum. Is it just because they're sort of protecting their father or? You tell me, David. So she deteriorated. Like, I don't want to say that her husband killed her, but I will say this. She completely. No, de- no, you're fucking right. They all killed her, David. They've all got blood in their hands. Well, yes. What I what I mean to say is her health deteriorated under their watch and under his abuse, which, Correct. you know, in the colloquial sense, they killed her. But I'm not accusing them of murder is all I'm saying. So let me, so that was the night. So this is the night I arrived. Sorry, I hit the mic. Um, this was the night I arrived. Um, so it was like a child. We were getting notes sent down via the security guard scrawlings i'll send you a picture of it later saying this 
person is not they are not to be allowed tonight if they they can she can come tomorrow morning at 10 a.m but and me tony is not permitted to come specifically so your mom but not you my mom but not is me. it because you spoke up in defense correct. of correct and i i was quite adamant as to what they were doing i said this is not right yeah. what you're doing is not right you know my aunt is not well, you need to be doing everything you can to I feel like, given the choice, you would rather your mother have the opportunity to visit than you. It's her sister, and yeah. I'll tell you what happened. So then the next, so we go back to this hotel. Bear in mind, I booked a normal crappy hotel, like a Holiday Inn, essentially. I mean, because I don't think there's any Ritz-Carlton's in Bakersfield. In Bakersfield, well, there isn't. So the idea was that when we go to the States, mum would be with her sister every day. I would just be out. It would just be a room, Okay. And it was, it was fine. We had breakfast, whatever. Got up, drove to the hotel, drove to the uh, hospital, which is about a 15 minute drive. We got there. And when we got there, my cousin, the, the boy was there. And as much as I remember, I walked, as we walked in, the, the daughter-in-law, which is my husband's wife said, okay, we're allowing you to see her. So I told my mum, we're allowing you, this is her word. We're allowing you to see your sister for an hour today. Now, me, being me, said to her, what the fuck are you talking about? You're allowing my mum to see her sister. At that stage, the cousin, the wife, the husband of my, so my cousin came down and, and I said, what the fuck is the matter with you? He then, in this hospital reception, screamed blue murder. He screamed, security, my cousin's going to attack me. He's this, he's that. So these security guards can't run me. And you guys in the fucking States, you guys carry guns, right? So it's shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. Especially these sort of pay-per-view security guards who are just in a hospital. Yeah, you know? like the mall cop variety. Mall they cop, all right? care. They're all fully armed. Like even the least, fully ridiculous. least licensed security guard in the world. They took a 15-minute online course. They give them a gun. It's crazy. Correct, right? They've gone to like an arcade or video game store. Shoot, shot another. Here you go, mate. Take a gun. So these guys start running down. So he then turns around, and this was his exact words where they were screaming, the deal is off. So my mum seeing my aunt was a deal, apparently. This was some sort of compromise. The deal is off, screaming blue murder. I step back. Now, my mum's in fits and tears at the moment. She doesn't want me to get arrested or be cuffed or be shot. So mum says, and I said, put my, I put my hands up, not because I was being pointed out. I put my hands up. Look, guys, fuck this. I said, my mum is seeing my aunt. I'll leave as you just said to me, I'll leave. My mum is seeing my aunt. Um, one of the resounding um, issues, why I probably fell into this pit is that as I turned around, so they said, okay, okay, your mum can go. So as mum was walking, she's looking back at me and I said, don't worry, mum, I'll sit in the car. It's all good. Don't worry. And I hear her and I, this is the nightmare that I keep repeating in my head, begging she said, all I've done, all I want to do is see my sister. I've come all this way begging to see her sister. Now, that was, I guess, that was the, the defining statement in this whole event. Because I couldn't get that, and I still can't get that out of my head. Hearing my mum, my mum's a very sweet, kindly, small lady, never caused a problem, never argued with anybody, never does anything. But she's now begging to see her sister, which she does. So let's cut this long story short. My mum goes, she sees how bad she is. My mum comes out and she says to me, I don't think she's got a lot of time left. I said, okay, so let's, I'll bring you back every day. If I can't see, 
that's fine. We'll deal with that later. But let's yeah. Um, let, let's be, we've come here. We're here for five days. You see her as much as you physically can in the five days. If you want to stay overnight with her, if they let you, whatever. So during all this, it's been a pain. We're giving time. So in the end, um, the the two days before we left, um, uh, so the next day wasn't wasn't convenient apparently, and there was backwards and forwards. My mum then goes and sees my um aunt my uncle is now turned up because he was away he'd sent her he'd gone away while she was about in hospital no one knows where he went we still don't know where he went he's now come from la driven across and again as i said to you the really personable guy oh tony i'm so sorry this is all a big mistake i'm really uh, i really apologize for my behavior of my children of course you can come and see your aunt your aunt loves you you're a great guy you're an amazing guy just come put and i'm in the hotel with my mum's there my mum's at the hospital oh, come 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 down just come now I said, okay i said are you sure it's not yeah no listen i've told the guys at the front you're not on any list just come down now your aunt loves you wants to see you she wants to you she wants to hear your voice brilliant drive down i get there so now essentially on the first night david i got within about 10 meters of her so the second time i got to the door as i got to the door of the ward to go in the cousin the two cousins the man and the woman said no we don't want him in here and started creating a fuss again in the ward now so i'm now i've flown 12 hours and thousands of miles i did 10 meters nearer and i did a meter and at this stage, when she did that, my mum said to me, they're plotting something because behind two or three doors was security guards. And they were, had been told if I kick off, raise my voice, go for him, which is, in all fairness, David, I was so mute fuming. When I would have seen my cousin, I would have fucking taken him down. Um, my mum said, just go, son, just leave it. Don't want to get arrested in the United States. In the U.S. state, no. correct. Two days before my flight, right? And you're black. I feel like it's like being black and arrested in the United States is not And in good. Bakersfield. In like, Bakersfield. Bakers, I mean, not, it's getting worse, right? Each time we make a statement, it's not, getting worse, right? That's a bad scene. I would not wish that on my worst right. enemy. So my friend who's in the States said the exact same thing as you, mate. That's not the place to do this. This is not. This is not the place or the time. That's the big leagues of criminals. That's like you better. You better have killed someone to deal with prison in Bakersfield. Correct. Right. So I put my hat, I said, look, just fuck it. Leave it. So my mum said, okay, I'm going to go. So that was the last time we went because um, the next day my mum said, I'm not going to go because they're all there and they're saying all these things about you and which is just obviously not true. And I said, oh, fuck it. Don't worry. So the next day I took my mum to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in, uh, <laughs> in, in a mall. And we went to a wonderful place called the Olive Garden. Fuck me, David. Can you get sponsored by the Olive Garden? <laughs> this place is amazing. Hey, your family there, Tony. Your family. Right. So we went to the Olive Garden. Fucking amazing. If you, if anybody's listening, get that little Parmesan bread and the soup. Amazing. Listen, let's not messing what? about. Olive Garden's amazing. So are you there when your grandmother passes or you were back in so the UK? we then... The Sorry, next you're, day you're, we, you're, uh, your, your aunt, not grandmother. My aunt. Yeah. We Next day, we've got a car, drive to LAX. We haven't heard anything from them. Apart from the uncle who was enamored by me the night before and who asked me to come and I was amazing, sent a message to my mum saying, I think you better leave. Your son's a criminal. If he comes to the... Yeah. 
Uh, for those who are not listening, David's doing the same face again. The what the fuck? Don't you have like a like a government clearance, clearance. where if you like sped one mile over, they take it away? Like you're the furthest yeah. thing from a criminal, I know. Correct. Correct. But they don't know that. But whatever. Anyway. Well, it sounds like they only care about them fucking selves, like classic abusive narcissist assholes. People. So my mum said, I don't want you to go there. They're saying all this about you. So that day we spent just in the hotel and we went but to I, the- Sorry, I can't get off this. What example do they have of you? Is it just that you showed up and yelled and, th- and therefore yelled. you're a criminal? Like, are they? Is there anything they're accusing you of that's or like no, on I what basis? Are apparently they called- I shouted at him. He ran down the hall and I chased him, which I didn't. It's not a Benny Hill sketch, for okay. fuck's sake. So they're saying you're a criminal because you stuck up for them. Because I stuck up for my aunt. Could use choice language in a hospital. Choice language. I, I, I put my hand up. I was probably quite intimidating because I was. I was exhausted and tired and angry and had seen the way they treated my mum. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie and say I was like fucking Alice in Wonderland, but I was... Yeah, I would uh, definitely more aggressive than anything, you know. Um, definitely more OJ than JR, I guess you would say. Um, I made that up just now, and I really like that expression. Write it down somewhere, David. Um, and uh, I, you really are writing it down. Brilliant. Um, and um, so we now go to the airport. Um, we, we're flying with BA. We got to use an amazing lounge. I've got an American Express card. I walked in, and we, we sat in this Amex lounge. As we sat there, we had a message from the Mexican lady saying that 1.03 p.m. your sister passed away and mum was devastated. So we're in the we're in LAX in the lounge. And to be fair to them, we I told the, the staff at the lounge and they really looked after mum. They brought her tea, they sat with her, they made sure she was okay and we were sat there. And at this stage now we're calling other people, we're calling people in the UK, we're calling people in Mauritius to, to tell them. Were you thinking of staying or were you thinking of leaving anyway? No, 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 fuck that. I was trying to get out of that fucking shit country if I could help it. Sorry, Americans. Your country's <laughs> probably gay, but just not that outside of America. I just wanted to get away. I just wanted to get get back, get out. You've had enough. And the funeral, it's like, you know. Uh, the so one person that you're there for, may she rest in peace and all, but she's yeah. gone. So you're now left to deal with this funeral with not that one person that you were there for. In the- yeah, yeah, which I'd never seen. So I, I'm... So you come home and, and you're watching your mom not happy about this. Not happy and trying to defend me to other people who have heard this warped story of what's happened. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of my friends and colleagues were like, oh, so you went to see your aunt. Did you see her? And I think the first time I said to someone, no, I didn't. It kind of hit me like a sledgehammer because I didn't. I didn't see my aunt. And then the second or third time I said the same thing and it was starting to play on my mind because I hadn't seen my aunt. And then I was heard by other members of the family that a lot of these, so she was cremated two days later. In Bakersfield. So, anyway, so she's a, a LA resident, but obviously she died in Bakersfield and they didn't do any autopsy or anything because, you know, she died of natural causes as they, you know, of illness or whatever it was. Um, whilst I was there, and the irony is, whilst um, I was banned from being in a hospital and I had to sit in a waiting room or sit outside in the car park, because they'd sent these security guards out to me, the security guards were coming out thinking I was some sort of fucking thug. And then when I came out, I was articulate and I spoke to them and I apologised if there was any. And they were like, well, we can't understand why you're not allowed to see. Then I showed them these pictures and I explained to them. And for whatever reason, they turned their way of thinking to like, okay, well, this is bad. And one of them was so appalled by my treatment, gave me the number to the um, adult, 
abuse number in Bakersfield because he said this is not right. You know, it seems like she's a victim of a vulnerable abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I contacted them, you know, saying, you know, this is what's happened to my aunt. Um, I can't, I'm not telling you, just as you said just now, rightly, they haven't physically killed her, but their um, abuse or their lack of um, action has contributed to her dying, you know, their neglect. Yeah, the, her health deteriorated under their neglectful watch. So it's neglect, so it's vulnerable adult neglect. So she had all of these um, um, diagnosed conditions plus this clinical depression, which was medicated for. So she needed extra care, which they never gave her. Um, it turned out that they told somebody else that the cost of her care over that period, just the period where she had to go into the ICU was near a million dollars, apparently. She had some insurance which covered most of it, or yeah. They only pay 80%. So the family or whoever it is are still liable for this 200 grand. So the longer you keep her in, the more it's going to cost, right? We then also found out that that day that we left, that they'd switched off the machine. She was unconscious anyway, but she wasn't in a coma. She was sort of helped, the ventilator was helping me, but they turned off the machine. My mum as a nurse said that it had gone on too much. And as much as, so there's a lot of questions still around how, why, what happened, which we will never know because there was only three people in that room. Okay. So I've got back, back at work um, and I throw myself into work and I work a, a very, um, it's a very uh, intensive job working with different people, working with things. I had scheduled to speak to you. There's lots of things. My calendar's full of stuff. And then it just turned one one night of lack of sleep turned into two nights. One, okay, let me just stay in bed for an hour, turned into three hours. And then it was, okay, I won't eat today, turned into I won't eat every day. And then it turned into, yeah, quite a severe very low very very low point where i just um i I lost interest in everything i couldn't watch a tv i just couldn't i couldn't i was reliving what happened i could hear my mum begging to see my aunt i couldn't see my aunt i um i was so stressed you know landing in a different country driving four hours on the side of the road um the cost of it you know the week i hadn't worked that i'm trying to you know i'm coordinating work from la to people in London, you know, and I'm doing that all the way through while dealing with this. Um, I couldn't essentially show any level of grief or anger because my mum's there and my mum's priority about her. She's lost a younger sister. Sounds traumatic, Tony. I mean, you went through something traumatic. Then that's what the the counsellor I spoke to and the police officer I spoke to said, you've been under a lot. This is trauma, dude. You know, this is what's happened isn't just I told it as a story just while we were sitting in the car and not a normal story no rational human being should have to go through something so traumatic and watch their their mother who they love and i was the only person i've got right so it's if people don't know it's just my mom my 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 dad passed away a long time ago well a few years ago my brother passed away when i was very young um and bearing in mind it was 30 years since my brother died this that month weirdly enough um so that was on my mom's mind anyway anyway so all of this stuff happened. It all rollerballed in. I then landed. I've gone to my job. Um, everybody's piling onto me because I've not been there for a week. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you? Do so I'm doing that. Um, 
I realized things were wrong because I didn't unpack. That was that was when I knew something wasn't right. I'm a very clean person. When I got back, it's usually bags open, clothes to be washed, all the little crap I have, put it away, whatever. I bought some gifts for people, fucking fridge magnets or whatever, and I hadn't taken it out. After two days, 48 hours, when I saw that I hadn't, it built up and it built up and it built up and then it was one week of... Uh, what you would call the ramp down, then it is the one week of the the lowest um, mood and period where, like, I didn't see anybody, my friends were worried, you were worried, that was where you'd text me. Um, and then the walk at the end of that week where you met the cop? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm it's weird because I've got my iMessage up and I'll tell you exactly. Uh, I You said, hey, friend, how are you doing? And, I, I you know, I love you, buddy, pun and pun, and then I wrote... Hi, sorry I haven't been in touch. I've been very low this week. Dangerously low. Um, slowly picking up. And I wrote that to you. Um, but before that, um, don't feel good. I'm looking at it's, it's weird to because I can't remember these messages come through from me, but they did because I read it. Um, and I wrote, it's just like a total exhaustion has come over me. I'm trying my best to pull out. Um, I had an emergency. Uh, cons- uh, you asked me, are you going to see a therapist? I did, but I didn't turn up because I couldn't. Um, and I said, like, you know, you sent multiple messages saying, can we tape at five? Can we tape at nine? Can we tape this? Can you do this? And I hadn't replied to you for a few days. And then I wrote, I'm so sorry. I haven't been sleeping. So I'm, it's weird looking at the messages that I've sent to you is, is actually a characterization of what's happened because I'm looking at, hi, David, it's been a very rough few weeks. I've been very low. So I think there where I, it's the 10th of July. So what are we now? 30th of July? Yeah. So it's very raw. I'm look. It's actually weird because I'm looking. Hi, buddy. I'm back from travel. You'd been somewhere, and you said, "Are you still in Canada?" I don't know where you'd gone because I think you, weirdly you'd asked me whether I could stop in NYC on the way. I back. didn't. Said, I didn't realize that. No, where no, you no. Were and you said, "Oh, do you have to escort your mum back?" It's weird. And I said, uh, "They've blocked." Uh, yes, I wrote you block violation. Sorry, people who are listening. This is really. Sh- dull listening to me going through my own messages or maybe not maybe out there we've got a fucking niche market where you're all listening to some fucking england english wanker look through his eye messages anyway regardless give some feedback um and i wrote long story bro but we can talk about it when we talk as in on the show any chance you'll stop it empty and i said hi mate i just got back yesterday my aunt died when we were at the airport so i yeah you did not but anyway doesn't matter i i mean i wasn't sure you were just it was like okay i have a family member who's sick we're gonna visit but it's all fine and dandy she's not gonna pass anytime soon it's just gonna be a little visit like i didn't know the nature of your trip uh, now that i hear it i realize are you gonna stop in new york it's an insane thing to ask but yeah at the time i didn't know no 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 but it wasn't because if you don't know you don't know you know and that's fine um and you were very gentle you were you, you know asking me usually you're very much if it's a seven o'clock on a sunday we we set up and i know that's your way of your working and i i love you about it it's fine and then when you realize i i bump a few times i think you get maybe there's an inherent gist because you know me well now and then you would say if you're not feeling it that's total and then you'll say something like okay we can we can meet on zoom we don't have to do the recording we could just have a chat and then you'll go to just text me and then I can see I'm, as I'm reading it, I can see how you understand. And then I think something kicked into you because you said, okay, just remember to do your best to take care of yourself. Don't feel guilty. Don't have anxiety. I love you, buddy. So I think at that stage, you've probably realized because I'm not replying to you. Yeah. You've, you've then asked me how my session was. You've focused on that and you don't ever ask again about taping. 
Um, and then you've, again, I've not written anything and something you've gone, you've tight, might feel like it will never end. You've, you've known because I've not written it. So something inside you. The next time this happens, you'll at least, you may not be able to picture it, but you'll at least know I've been here before. I mm. felt like I, this very strange, funny feeling, like I don't know what's happening to me and I'm feeling impulsive and I somehow didn't go through with it. And then I was glad that I didn't. And those who love me were glad that I didn't. Like, you can at least play that in your head or at least try. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you the Apple podcast answer and I'll give you the real answer. The Apple podcast answer was sure, David, no problem. The next time I go through this, I'll do it. The real answer is... You don't know. No. Because your brain's not functioning normally. Correct. Right? Yeah. So the Apple podcast answer, the one that will go on your, on, your, on your sound clips is, of course I'll do that. The real answer is that the next time there might not be a police officer and I will get hit by a truck or I will jump off a cliff or I will hit a train. There are things you can do now to, to prevent that from happening. You know what I mean? There's, thing, there's ways in which you can take care of yourself now so that the next time you're in that headspace, you'll have a structure in place to prevent you from... Such as? I, I, I don't know. Like, Well, that's the problem is that is that but my lack of ability to come up with something in three seconds doesn't mean there isn't something tony no 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 i i agree but there are people that have said that and then they've had days and weeks to say how would we do it my my sister is a is a surgeon and when she found out what well, only two three people know me you and thing and obviously the audience of this podcast so that's another one yeah so we've got um four people worldwide that knows what's happened Mum, not the full story. My sister, everything. You, pretty much everything now as well. And obviously that one listener who, um, to be fair, he's probably sat in a bath playing with themselves, right? Likely. Likely. So I love that likely. That was a very good likely. Likely. I like. I don't think I've ever heard you use that tone, the phrase, or the the the, the, the pronunciation of that. I really like that. That's quite nice. Even a broken clock needs to be thrown in the garbage. Now, Correct. Um, I, I, I do think there is a way um, Maybe, so the next yeah. time you at least reach out to a professional, at least have that check, you know, like at least set it up, to, you know, so that you run into, the, metaphorically speaking, that cop again. I know it won't be the exact same cop, but, but someone to like just wander to the psych ward, wander to the hospital. You know what brought you out of it was distraction. So just like, okay. I need a distraction right now. Like there are, there yeah, are ways I, in which I, I, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent preventable, no, but no, I'm no. saying there are ways so that next time, or you, it didn't happen overnight. Like you found yourself slowly slipping. Yeah. The body and the mind have this amazing capacity to predict what you're saying and push you away. So what happened was I didn't like, so for example, you are probably one of the closest people to me. If I turn off my phone and don't answer messages, that's an avenue shut for you, right? And don't answer me email. Or I, you said you were you booked an appointment with a shrink, but then as the time, as you spiraled, you don't show up. No, I, I get it. We have an ab self-deception is the word, and humans are very good at it. Yeah. Yes. I, I, well, I've never heard of that. So, for example, I my, br my brain, I, I, I speak about me in the second and the third person, but that person is so fixated on ending the pain he's going through is that he becomes a, so deceitful and so clever about it and yeah i've eaten it's fine or no i've i've slept don't worry david or yeah i'll go to the counselor tomorrow whereas there's no intention to 
There's no intention to move along from that. There's no intention to to make myself feel better. There's no intention to kind of say, okay. Um, and reaching out, yeah, if if I had... The only thing I can describe is it's like if if you're in a car accident the the, the microsecond before you have you hit that tree you have this realization well I shouldn't have got drunk it's it's far by the time it's gone too far it's far too late which is why um when I read about suicide when I read about people that have done stuff when I read about people who've got severe depression I completely understand how helpless it is unless you have a huge support network and unless you're in a huge family and you're not alone and it's true being not alone it is probably the the solution you know because people are watching you you're being monitored so had I gone to my mum's and stayed at my mum's um or gone to a friend's or I don't know slept on your floor or slept on a friend's floor then yeah why not next time when you feel this starting to deteriorate stay with your sister stay with your mother stay with me because the the sensible thing is to do that but the my mind and my body are saying i don't want to be with anybody i re completely relate to that i don't want to see you i don't want to see anybody you're gonna annoy me i'm and then that's half it the other half is i don't want to bring you down oh no david suffered from this before oh god i don't want to go all the way to new york and bring him down i want to be brought down by this because i'm here to help correct but then again we're having a conversation now you're having a conversation with a different tony tony five whereas you're probably having a conversation with tony 4.5 before <laughs> so what do you do you know how do you get because you don't know tony four but you know tony five don't know, but there are people who have gone through this who have found things that work for them. Yeah, and just, I think a number of times I've asked you the same question. You went through a low period recently. It hopefully wasn't as bad, but you've spoken about periods where you've had very low points, stuff to do with addiction and stuff to do with trauma as well. And I, I've never been addicted to drugs. I've never taken prescription meds. I've never done things like that. So I don't know what to do apart from doing the best I can, which is to call you up and text you all the time and try and make you laugh by saying something inappropriate. That's all I can do. Had it got to the stage where Miranda says, oh, David's in a really bad way, yeah, I would have come over. I would have stayed in a hotel nearby and just sat on your floor, like you said, and maybe that's what I needed to do. But had you, but then if I'm talking to you, David, I'm coming, you say, no, Tony, don't come. No, I don't want you to come. Well, what do we do? Because that's what you would have done in that moment, yeah. Because that's what I would have done. And then to the point where I would have then got angry, because you're not understanding, I'm saying don't come, I'll be fine. My mum's saying, oh, I'll come and sit. No, don't come. My sister's saying, come to me. No, no, no. And then it's a circle, right? Because then I'm a bad person because I'm saying, I'm pushing people away. I don't want you to, I don't want you, I don't need you. I don't need you to come and cook me to eat, help me cook to eat. I don't need you to call me up. I don't need you to send me memes. And I don't need you to send me, you know, these wonderful statements as you can live your life or, or send me Bible passages. I don't need it. Why were you willing to engage in a conversation with that police officer? Because I, I guess there was something, there must have been something. I didn't. Because if you were really hell bent on. I didn't. I walk, I wanted to walk past him, but there's a sense in me of, authority and discipline where he said excuse me sir and i turned around had i carried on walking it would have been very rude and it could have escalated into something ridiculous if you were real i mean you could have crossed the street to the other side you could have very easily avoided them no i couldn't because the road i was on they were remember i told you they were closing the street so i had no alternative literally by the time they'd seen me 
I'd seen them because I was a lone figure in the middle of the night. It was very obvious. And I was walking along the, the central street. But when they started engaging with you, you could have you could have just said, I'm fine. Just going for a walk, getting some fresh air. I live down the block. I'm just going to go to the end of the street and go back. And I did do that. But there was probably something that flagged up in him that realized I was lying. I did. I didn't say, oh, by the way, I'm going to that street up there to throw myself in front of a truck. I didn't obviously say that. I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I think my initial answer was probably, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. I'm just out. But when he said, oh, why? And I, I mean, the answer would have been, I'm just getting some fresh air. I've had an argument with my girlfriend. I've, you know, I've shut the bed, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't. I just said, I don't know because I didn't know. But I, I'm saying, something in you like like you could have gotten out of that situation easily so i'm just saying that kernel of like maybe it's a natural self-defense you're right maybe it's a natural self-preservation that we all have that kernel of being willing to engage with people like i'm yeah. saying that was there for you in that moment and that's what yeah. you got to find correct and i mean did i need to go out to kill myself probably not there's hundreds of thousands of ways to do it in the house isn't there sure but i get the brain's not functioning but then yeah it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to a... What makes you feel like this week um, you're 100% better? Is it just that you hit, you hit the, the rock bottom? Like, what changed? I don't know, because how can I justify rock bottom? But I'm back to myself. I'm, before, I'm functioning. I look forward to speak to you. I, I even sent you a message two hours ago saying, here's a two-hour warning, which is what I normally would do. I set up this to talk to you. I Just don't overcommit to stuff at work. Feed yourself, sleep properly. Yeah. That's part of being kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself during the recovery, too. Yeah. Like, now it's quarter past 10. I've got a six o'clock start tomorrow. Normally, we would... I mean, we initially scheduled this for 10, which would mean... Fuck me. Have we been talking for an hour and 15 minutes? We have. Christ. Oh, man, the next show we do is going to be real shit. We're going to have to talk about, like, poop and yeah. masturbation. and We could leave it at that, Tony. I mean, all right. thank you for <laughs> sharing all this stuff. I want you to get to bed. I want to make sure you get seven, eight hours sleep. Oh, can't we talk about you being a Jew or me eating chicken or something? L'chaim. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's what you Well, needed. I mean, this wasn't the best podcast in the world, but I guess it I, was. I appreciate you sharing that all. I mean, it's very. Do you know? What do I say to you? I always, you always come back to the phrase that you said to me, if you can't be funny, be real. Yeah, yeah. A piece of shit said that to me when I was doing stand-up. That's always sat in the back of my head. That's why I've never worried. That's why I always tell you, you're, you're very anal. Oh, have you got anything prepared? Have you got, uh, write this down, put it on a fucking Excel sheet. Never about this show, about the radio show, yes. Yeah, the, the radio show you did, right? But for me, and, and uh, it's different. I didn't know how much work you're doing. I always remember you told me that. You said, if you can't be funny, be real. Because obviously you did stand up and I, I never had the confidence to do anything like that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a struggle to be funny. And if you try Correct. to, the more you try, the worse it gets. But yeah. being real and saying what you know or, or saying yeah. your lived experiences, like, that's easy. Yeah. So uh, like a very, like, shitty human being who was around yeah. when I started doing stand-up comedy told that to me about being, like, on being on stage and doing a, a stand-up act. Because it sounds very mentorish, but you're telling me he was a piece of shit. Well, he was kind of a mentor. He'd been doing stand-up a lot longer than me, but he's a piece of shit. But it's good advice. It's sound advice. It's great. It's sound advice. And and it's true. And I always remember that, which is why I said to you just before this, just hit record. And if it's shit, it's shit. And, and I don't know how many people listening to this will think it's good. Or... How many person listening to this? Person, yeah. yeah. Well, Tony, I love you. I am glad you're doing better. Please try to be kind to yourself. And I'm going to let's be in touch. And I'm really glad you're back to the show. And I... 
I'm really sorry you went through all that, both the feelings afterward and just the trauma of that experience. Sounds like a real shitty... But in all fairness, um, the homepage of Pornhub has updated itself so many times. I've got so much content now for the next couple of weeks. Ah, yeah, when you're depressed, you have no interest. And then you come back to it and all the new the new porn. All are- the new stuff's there, man. It feels like Christmas, you it's, know? It's Christmas. And, uh, yeah, I've saved a hell of a lot of money in petrol. I've not gone anywhere, so it's been great. Yeah. Tony, I love you. Thank you for being here. All right, dude. See you later.